Welcome to the Warner Brothers Podcast. I am Kyle, joined by my brother Keenan. And hey, today we're going to be talking the NBA in-season tournament. Uh, Mm -hmm. This is the very first time it's going to be going on. It actually starts in about an hour and a half. Celtics versus Pacers. Uh, Actually, sorry, let me be more specific. Celtics at Pacers. Pacers got the home game there. Uh, And then we'll have Pelicans at Kings, I believe, right after that. Yes. And then uh, we got two games tomorrow, which will be Suns at Lakers is the late game. Then the early game would be Knicks at Bucks, I believe. I believe it'll be in yes. Milwaukee. And then yep. after that, it's in Vegas on site. Like it's the final four or something for the semifinals and the finals. Keenan, I mean, we've kind of alluded to it. We've been talking football most of the time, but we've alluded to our excitement for this. Uh, what are your feelings now that it's here? It's like an hour and a half away. What's your feeling? Like, do you feel like the same way you feel like when it's the first Saturday of the NBA playoffs? Like, how do you feel right now? Um, I feel like that mixed in with like the conference finals. And the reason why is just the scheduling, the conference final, just could literally just the scheduling because of the conference final or like the second round, I'll say, because sometimes you get the two games, but just the fact that they shut down the NBA today and tomorrow and then Thursday and Saturday, they just said, those are the only games that matter. Just because of that, it kind of, but it really, it gives like the first game of the playoffs. Like, it, it's giving that feel. I'm excited to like watch the game, like to start off, like the intro and how people really take it. Cause you will be able to instantly tell if it's like, oh no, we kind of care. Or if it's like, yeah, no, this is like a playoff game to us. So I'm, I couldn't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be fun. I think I'm kind of in the same vein. Like, to me, it almost feels like, NCAA tournament time, like the Elite Eight or yeah. the Final Four, especially with the with the secluded, or kind of like their conference championships, kind of like because the, they do take those serious. Oh, like I was sure, just thinking yeah. back, like because I have like the Big Ten championship, the ACC championship, to where like a uh, they that matters to the school, of course. So it kind of feels like almost that time. Like I mean, last weekend in college football, Alabama beat Georgia. Um, College football playoffs was obviously a controversy there, but we don't need to talk about that now. This is NBA time, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, just having it on site, it's going to be an event. I'm assuming it's going to be at the Thomas and Mack Center. Um, And I'm sure there's going to be a ton of celebrities. I mean, look, we're going to have no, there's no big boxing match, no big UFC fight. Like, it's going to be all about the NBA, especially Thursday and Saturday. Uh, Weird times, 5 o'clock. That's very interesting to me because, you know, we have the NBA playoffs all the time and they very strictly stick to, you know, no earlier than seven o'clock. You know, you get game times at seven o'clock, eight o'clock, nine thirty, ten thirty. Never do you see at five o'clock when people are, you know, normally either still at work or on their way back from work. So that's very interesting to me. I'm, I'm shocked by it, to be quite honest with you. Uh, it's kind of cool, I guess. I got to play my day a little different, but. I mean, and think about it, you have to plan your day a little different. We're on the East Coast. That, that's a two o'clock. It's a two west o'clock time. west. Yeah, that's, you got to be mad if you're on the West o'clock. Coast there. And you know what? I guess that would be even more like uh, March Madness for them on that side. You know, because those yeah. would be all day. Uh, but I guess a little different. I mean, I don't really. I'm obviously not as big into college anymore. That there's more of an event around that. This there's just so much uh, unknown about it. Like you said, I mean, we we've already seen in the play in games, the group play games that the intensity is raised. Right. So I do wonder 
you know, do we get playoff field in A? I think already, I think the semifinals and finals are going to be, you know, as competitive as can be. You know, I think it'll be a lot like the first time we had the Alon ending in the All-Star game. And we're like, how is this going to be? This is why we're the Warner Brothers. This is why we're the Warner Brothers podcast I was just about to mention. Yeah. That was literally what I was about to Because we're like, you know, how's it going to be? And honestly, it's never lived up since that first one. But that first one was like basketball heaven to me almost. Like you had, what, 10 of the best players in the league at the time going mano y mano, taking it as serious as possible. And we, we never lived up. And... I think they're keeping it, it for this. It felt year. like what they probably felt in the '90s, like even more like, than that, or '80s, '90s fourth quarter, like. But yeah, no, you're right. There was there was such a, it was so nice to just see like, oh, LeBron against Giannis, and Giannis got him, and so LeBron's like, I'm going back at him, like without a question, like I'm going back at him, and that's what you would think. Obviously, with them being West and East now, that's what you would think you'd see Game Four of the Finals down to Giannis goes at LeBron. You'd be like, okay, LeBron's going back at Giannis. They're like, it's money time. And it was beautiful to see. And Bede was all like, every single player on the court was like, yeah, it's it's that time. And they haven't lived up to it since. I wish they had. I mean, there hasn't been, other than Steph's 51, even though like the record was, I've, you know, people scored more than that. I believe the next year, I think Tatum scored more than that. But obviously just because of the barrage of threes he hit, he had 16. Like after that ending, there hasn't been really a notable moment other than like if you want to say LeBron hitting the game winner, and that one that'd be the only other like notable part of it. Yeah, I mean to me that that first one was really it. The other ones have either been too far apart or or whatever. But yeah, no, that first one I'll never forget. Uh, I knew it was serious when the ref made a call, and Chris Paul, Harden, and LeBron were all at the referee's necks. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, they're all in regular season form right yeah, now. On the Kyle Lowry charge. <laughs> Ky- Kyle Lowry's taking charges in the That's All-Star all you game. Need to know. Like, <laughs> not even like in the paint. He's 30 feet away from the basket, and Chris Paul gives him one of like the arms, and like he flops back and gets the call, and they're like, wait, what? Oh, man. I hope they get back to that this year. I need LeBron and Steph to say, like, we're doing this because Giannis is always going to come to play, but it's those two are obviously your pillars. So like they kind of set a tone and if they set the tone and they're like, yes, this really matters. The rest will follow suit. That's just how it kind of works. When your leaders say that, then the rest will follow suit. I agree with you, except you know what? LeBron and Steph have been the co-faces of the league really since 2016 now. Right. And It's only gotten worse and worse aside from that one year when they finally went at it That's for true. that Alon ending. Literally just that one year. Uh, last year was the worst I've ever seen. And the year before that, I believe, was the NBA 75 anniversary. And you had all the greats in the building and you still couldn't even summon, you know, some sort of competitiveness. So I've given up on not only the All-Star game, All-Star weekend in general, aside from the three-point contest. I mean, again, dunk contest last year was pretty good. Though. Was it? I will give it. I mean, it probably was. I the literally don't even remember it. That was Max. Mc, that was Max. Oh, it McClung was. Yeah, it was pretty good. Year. But let, so, that's where it's come to is that we got Mac McClung from the G League saving it. So I mean, I've given up yeah. until we get someone of note in there. I don't know why all of a sudden it's not cool. We can save that for February. I got tons of. I mean, you will get a yearly complaint out of me every February for the All Star Week. That like, if people have watched the Warner Brothers podcast since. 
2019, which so the first one was in 2020, early 2020. Every single year, we will talk about the All-Star game and how it needs to change. Every single year, we'll talk about All-Star Weekend and how these stars aren't doing it. And I'm going to let you know right now, we're going to do it again. Because it, it really infuriates me that I don't see Zion, Ja, Derek Jones Jr. in insert somebody else. don't care zion and jaw that's all i care about honestly if lebron did it this year i would be pumped like i would be like and that's all that's one of my biggest gripes in all of nba is that lebron's never done a gun contest don't get me started on that again but one of my biggest gripes is that he's never done one it's rough it's rough but hey we're here uh we get lebron and durant in a playoff situation in december who would have thought who would have thought in December we'd yeah. get a LeBron Kevin Durant playoff game? But we get it. We get it. And I cannot mm-hmm. wait for that game. I cannot wait for tonight's games. Uh let's just start there. Let's do a little little preview of these two games. Uh we'll start in the East. All right. We got the Celtics going to the Pacers. To me, the Pacers are the most exciting team to watch in the league. Uh, I think the Celtics, top to bottom, when healthy are probably the best team in the league. They won't have Porzingis tonight. I believe they'll have everybody else. Um, Mm -hmm. How do you feel about the game? Do you think the Pacers have a chance? Do you think they have a puncher's chance? Do you think it's Celtics all day? Like, what do you think about it? I think the Pacers have a chance the higher the score goes. If this game ended in like a 117 to like 109, you could, for me, you could book a Celtics win. If it gets to the 120s and the 130s, which seems where the Pacers have lived lately and like all season pretty much, yeah, then the Pacers definitely have a chance. But I just, I think Boston, if Tatum comes out first quarter like this is a playoff game, I just think Boston's too good, even without Porzingis. I just think they're a little too good. Not that they can't lose because, again, like March, these are all like unlike March Madness, even though like March Madness upsets happen, these are all NBA players. Tyrese Halliburton's a true like star budding trying to be a superstar. Like he is he is probably the second best player on the court behind Jason Tatum. I think he's a little bit better than Jalen Brown. Like he is for real and that team better. plays really well. Coach yeah, well, they coach well by Rick Harla. So like that team definitely can play with I just think the Celtics are a little bit too good. And I kinda want the Celtics to win. I kinda would like Bucks Celtics and then I would like Lakers Kings or Suns Kings. I don't really care. The Lakers Suns is the matchup I don't want. Yeah, I mean But the Pelicans could win too and I wouldn't I mean the Celtics they already put up one fifty five on the Pacers. So it really doesn't matter if it's higher scoring or lower scoring to me. Um especially since even if it gets high scoring, guess what? The Celtics still have the ability to get stops. The Pacers are literally the worst defense in the league. Uh, yep. So, you know, even if it is 140, 140 with two minutes left, you know, you still got Jason and Jalen and Holiday and Derek White and Horford who can all clamp. So, I mean, you know, that's kind of the perfect foil for the Pacers. So I'm not really too worried about tonight's game. Halliburton, I believe, is coming off an of illness too, uh, which helps. Uh, I mean, look. Let me just give flowers to Halliburton, though. Imagine if he was still on the Kings right now. Obviously, they'd still be without Sabonis, but him and Fox at that pace, I mean, it's weird because it worked out. Like, it worked perfectly for both teams. Like, I don't think the Kings are mad having Sabonis. I don't think the Pacers are mad at all, obviously, with Halliburton. But other teams got to be kicking themselves because players of his caliber do not get traded 
in the second year anymore. That's something usually you'd see in the 90s or 2000s when the league was less smart. Um, Halliburton mm-hmm. is immediately right now. I mean, he's got to be a top 10 player in the league just right now, just today. You know, you take probably Dame Lillard and change over him. But just today, I mean, there's not many players playing better than him. I mean, he's playing – he's going out there with uh, goddamn Magic Johnson stats damn near. I mean, he is – and it is – A touch better than Magic in the sense scoring. of points and rebounds put together just because Magic was tip, typically capped out at like 23. He's at 27 plus 12 assists. But obviously Magic would be good for seven, eight rebounds-ish. He's only at three and a half, so like – not that I'm trying to say he's better than Magic, but like when you put the points and assists just together, he is a little step ahead of Magic right now just because he has, has to do more scoring. I feel like Magic could have probably given you 27 and 10 if he wanted to. It just, he was, he just led the pretty much the greatest show in court. Absolutely. <laughs> the showtime. But yeah, I mean, Halliburton, I got to give him and Carlisle their flowers. I mean, they might find themselves in the real playoffs. Um, you know, that might be a team that, add something at the trade deadline who knows i mean needless to say though we both have the celtics tonight by the sounds it sounds like you're rooting for the celtics um you know let's just do the east right now actually and then we'll do the west separately you said you want to see celtics bucks uh i kind of think it's going to be celtics knicks i think the knicks are in a good spot whereas the bucks bucks have one of the worst defenses in the league bucks can't play yeah any lick of defense like they just cannot right? The Knicks are well coached. The Knicks have continuity. Uh, I think it's similar, Keenan, to like when we mentioned LeBron and Wade last podcast. I think it's when that team first got together, the Heatles, LeBron, Wade, and Bosch, and they did not get going up until... They started 9-8, and eight, I want yeah, to say. Yeah, up until about this point correctly. in the season where LeBron made his return to Cleveland. It was literally like around the same time of year, like maybe even, I don't know, like mid-December some point. I don't know. I know it was early December, mid-December, mm-hmm. something like that. But uh, yeah. they at least can play defense. They they had to iron their kinks out on offense. Bucks they can play offense, yes. but they can't play defense. I kind of favor the Knicks in the spot as much as I'd love to see Bucks Celtics. I think I kind of see an upset. Uh, so that's and that's I I don't I think it's gonna I think that Dame is gonna bring it to where he. Dame understands moments like this, and I just think that Dame's going to be able to do enough. I think this is going to be, if they win, I feel like it's going to be a Dame game, not a Giannis game. Not that Giannis can't have a game, but I just feel like it's going to be one of those games where like Giannis is maybe 25, 11, and 6. Typical Giannis, good, but like Dame goes off for like 38 and like closes them out. But Brunson... He, Brunson's not as good as Dame, but Brunson feels almost as clutch as Dame. Brunson does not shy away from any moment and will go at anybody and hits big shots. I mean, they had their big comeback against Miami a couple weeks ago, and every down, every play down the stretch, it was missed by Miami, big-time three from Jalen, or big-time mid-range jump shot from Jalen getting in his own shot. So I really respect the Knicks. I think they're, they need one more piece. They just need one more to really get to like champion championship levels. Like they're obviously a playoff, they're a playoff caliber team to second round. I agree with you. They need one more piece, uh, and it's great. It's cool that Dame understands the moment. Like, yeah, he's a big time player, but I mean, they still got to play defense. I don't think. I mean, regardless, oh, regardless. Course. But I think they have. I, but I think they can play defense. I, but they like, can't though. You're right. They haven't. They haven't done it all year. They haven't shown anything 
They can't. They can't play any they lick should. of defense. They can't at all. And the Knicks. But that, see, the weird thing is they have like. Is Drew Holiday was he that important to that yes. team? It's crazy to think like he might have been that important. So like if we look back in a couple years, could it have been wrong to get Dame? Like if like I like somehow like it, just because of how much they had to give up and like they lost almost the identity of what made the Bucks the Bucks. Because obviously with the higher end talent, you lose the lower end kind of mid tier to lower end talent, and you don't have as much. Well, here's why it was right to get Dame, where you can't argue with it, was if they don't get Dame, let's say Dame's still in Portland right now. Let's say nobody gets him because they weren't trading him to Miami at that point because Miami's offer wasn't good. What if Boston swoops in with what they have? They don't get Holiday and get Dame instead. And then you got something like Tatum and Dame. And you're on the risk of you know losing, losing Giannis. Giannis already signed his extension. So that trade's already worked out. You know, so maybe yeah, it's worked out. Maybe they don't win a ring this it's more year. So I'm thinking bas- I'm thinking stylistically more so than I'm thinking like logistically, because logistically you signing Giannis made that trade work out like this could never win. And you'd still work out because at least you have Giannis. I think the bigger problem is not that they went and got Dame or gave up holiday. It's more so the coach they selected that Nick Nurse right there. They could have went after him. Yep. Uh, and who's to say he wouldn't have chose Milwaukee over Philly? You know what I mean? I mean, who wouldn't want to coach Giannis? And they upgrade Adrian Griffin, who maybe in time will be good, but we just don't know right now. Uh, and you don't know for a few months. But, man, it's asking him a lot to coach Giannis and Dame. And, again, this team just doesn't play defense right now. They do need more depth, and you assume they will get more depth. But, I mean, yeah. look, I mean, I think if this is the same team in April, they're still their best route still going to be to outscore people. And in a playoff situation, this team – and let's say the first round in April, that's a lot different than trying to iron out the kinks in a playoff situation versus the Knicks, a ready-made playoff team. They already have playoff experience. Like you said, Jalen Brunson is a, a crunch time player. Like he's, a, he's, you know, you talk about the moment. He's built for that just as much as Dame. Uh, and that team's, oh, that team's tough. Thibodeau, Thibodeau's been there. Uh, I just like the Knicks. I mean, if this game, if this was a series in April, yeah, maybe I do pick the Bucks over the Knicks. But tomorrow, just as the teams are presently constructed, I do like the Knicks in that spot, even if it is in Milwaukee. Uh, they can get stops more so than the Bucks can. Of course, you got to account for, like you said, maybe Dame has 38. Maybe Giannis has got 27 and 15 and 8, you know? They'll probably play yeah. only seven players. Who knows? But I do like the Knicks, and I trust the Knicks more at this spot right now. Excuse me, I'll say that. That's fair because just because of how how it is. I'm just thinking back to like that first Heat team. <clears throat> like you, not that they were exactly this level, but you would have favored a team possibly like the Bulls over that Heat at that early on just because they were already established. That was the year Derek Rose. You had Derek Rose, Joakim Noah, and like that whole collective. So you might have even favored them, but you obviously – thinking overall the Bucks are a better team than the um, Knicks. The Heat were a better team than the Bulls. But, yeah, so I don't disagree with how you break this down. I'm hopeful for the Bucks, but what you say makes a lot of sense. Difference, again, though, with that Heat team. They could at least, if nothing else, they could have played defense, just the three of those guys, and that raises the level. This team can't play can't play anything. They just don't play a lick of defense. That's all. Uh, so, move it. It's one of the best defensive teams in the last – 15 years that team and then like the 2016 warriors were amazing defensively just because how draymond was at his peak 
but go on. Yeah, no. So tonight's Western Conference game, Pelicans at the Kings. Kings have some playoff experience. Pelicans got a little bit, but the Kings really got their feet wet last year with a seven-game series with the Warriors. Um, Kings were a team I thought were going to fall back just because they don't play much defense. Uh, not because they got worse, not because I dislike their team, uh, but I really do love this team. I love how this team carries themselves. Uh, I do favor them in this playoff matchup, but the thing is nobody in the league can guard Giannis. No one in the league can keep Giannis away from the basket. We've never really seen Giannis in a play, or sorry, Zion. Zion. Tomato, tomato <laughs> at this point. Uh, you can't keep Zion from the basket. We've never really seen him in a playoff situation, but I mean, he is the level of player that can just take a game over himself. So that's where I kind of worry. Uh, I Again, I favor the Kings a little bit, but I don't know. I just don't know. Yeah, I mean, Zion, I almost called him Giannis again. Zion could very well have 38 and 10 tonight by himself in 44 minutes and not really break a sweat. More likely he gets more likely he gets 38 than 10. For some True. reason, he doesn't rebound like he does well. not. Like only not six, as well as you six think. Six a game for him. Six a game for him. That's low. Like he should be around the eight to nine. Not that he has to be double digits, but you like, figure to be above with six. That kind of size. You figure at least be seven. Yeah, with that kind of size, with that kind of athleticism, you should think five would fall into your lap, and then you go and get two or three on your own. Like I, you just naturally like Sabonis just gets twelve. Mm-hmm. And there's no reason why Zion can't get around Sabonis rebounds. It's not like Sabonis is just some Dennis Rodman, I'm going for everything, freakish, like kind of. Sabonis is just like Kevin Love was, right place, right time, just not a box out. I'm just going to go for it. But you would think Zion would do the same thing, especially with how big his body is. But And Sabonis is whatever. a big dude. I mean, it, it's yeah. Some people just have a knack for it. Like he's six ten. He's a true six ten, six eleven. Well, Zion's like probably six. That's six. funny you say that, Keenan. That's exactly what I was about to mention. Some places list him at six ten. Some places list him at seven one, which I don't understand. Sabonis, yeah, go look it up. I promise you. I've I discovered this a few weeks ago. I'm like, I was oh. like, I thought he was six ten, six eleven because he plays the four. But yeah. some places live list him not just at oh. seven feet, but at seven one. That is. I would like to see him next to Durant because obviously they Durant doesn't like to list himself at what he was <laughs> when he came into the league. I remember he said they wanted to be six nine starting off because like that's what true small forwards were. I was like Durant, you were you were not six nine or like KG was always six eleven, but looking eye to eye with Tim Duncan, who was a clear seven one. You're like you're not six eleven, KG. Promise you're over seven foot. KG's at least seven like, three. We, yeah, like you, like you're looking eye to eye with Tim Duncan, who is seven one, sometimes listed at seven two. There's no way you're six eleven. I'm sorry, <laughs> like I'm sorry, you can't be. Yeah, Duncan might. Be, yeah, I don't. I don't, I forget what, how how tall Duncan is, but uh, I mean, it's but sometimes he'll seven foot seven one seven two. It's weird how like they, they change heights for the years. Like LeBron was six eight forever, and then some. Like I've seen before, he was like six nine. Well, they were supposed like, okay, to. A few years ago, they said they're going to start listing players at their true height in socks. True height. And yeah. yeah, I think LeBron gained an inch. Uh, I remember Westbrook, I, like I was reading through his, like he was 6'5". Like he's always listed at 6'3". Yep. I'm like, damn, I didn't realize that. Like I always just thought he was 6'3". And then you still see him listed at 6'3 places. Uh, I think Derrick Rose and Donovan Mitchell each are like tr- a true 6'1". They're not even 6'2 or 6'3". Mm. And they're listed as taller. Yeah, because because Steph is a true six three, and Westbrook's was always Westbrook's always been taller than him. So I was like, he's not. I've seen actually. Like, I've, I've seen Steph figured. listed quite a bit of places at six two. 
Which yeah, is interesting. Like, I, you just we, see stuff. Which is And because Draymond was listed at like 6'5, that's his true height. And now you see 6'7 places. Yes. So I don't understand why they made a big fuss of, oh, we're going to make people list at their real heights and then don't list at their real heights anymore. Uh, <laughs> that's digression, though. Who do you have in this game? I mean, the, the Pelicans will be without CJ McCollum still. They'll still have Ingram and mm-hmm. Zion and the rest of their squad. Uh, they're not great on the road. And the Kings are re- a really good home team, maybe even an elite home team. Uh, I just want to give one shout out, Keenan, before you answer. Malik Monk. Yeah. He's got two of the best dunks of the season already. And I don't know if I brought this up last week. I meant to, but I'm going to bring it up now. They were playing the Clippers. First of all, they were playing the Clippers at home, Keenan, and they were wearing their blue jerseys, yeah. like their alternate jerseys. And I thought the Clippers were at home. Thought the Clippers were at home nearly the entire game because it's the Clippers color scheme. Uh, I think the Clippers were wearing home jerseys. I'm like, oh, didn't realize it was a Kings home game until Monk went to body Zubak. You know, he almost pulled off one of the most insane dunks I've ever seen. He had no angle. He was on the baseline. He damn near almost like scraped the ball off the backboard trying to tomahawk it on Zubak. It would have been the dunk of the year. It would have been the dunk of the year. He didn't complete it. Go look it up on your own time if you can find it. Uh, I just wanted to get that out the way. But who do you have tonight? What are your thoughts on this game? How do you how do you view this matchup? Uh, tonight, I actually have the Kings. I think it's going to be close, but I have the Kings. Uh, see, no CJ McCollum does matter. Obviously, I like the pairing of Brandon Ingram and Zion. Those are Brandon Ingram can get a bucket when you need to late, but. I think the X factor you just mentioned him is Malik Monk. When he, the Kings are a different team when he's rolling. Like they, like, cause that makes, they bring it back to Kentucky as like their, like that real potent backcourt that they have. Obviously, they found, I'm glad they found Malik Monk and gave him a home cause I always felt like he was such a talented shooter and scorer with athleticisms. So I figured he would find a place in the league at some point. He finally has, which is great for him. But, I like that. I like De'Aaron Fox a lot. Um, it's going to be interesting to see Zion on some pick and rolls and see how they, like, he can defend uh, De'Aaron Fox. Obviously, he's athletic, but De'Aaron's obviously just a different kind of speed. Like he might be the fastest player in the league end to end. But so I just I lean the Kings a little bit, but I do think the Pelicans have obviously a great chance. They've played pretty well this season thus far. Uh, 11 and 10 so like but obviously that is three games out of being the two seed so it's not like they are really (laughs) it's not like they're really like out of it out of it or something like that like they're three games away from being the two seed they've played pretty solid this far see just you saying that I mean we've discussed this the last couple times we brought up the tournament I'm really worried about like yeah we get the Christmas day games coming and those are normally competitive you know out of the five at Mm -hmm. least three should be competitive or they're at least entertaining games because you get the best the best teams on right but i'm really worried about the stretch from january up until the all-star break and you just saying that right now like we're still at the point in the season where everything's jumbled where the standings really almost don't even matter you know because you just said they're 11 and 10 but they're still two games out of the two seed uh yeah, like the Warriors right now, just to kind of bolster your point, the Warriors right now are like 9 and 11, and I believe they are the 11th seed. But if they were to win like three games in a row right now, they could jump up to maybe the 8. And then if they were to win like four or five in a row, they could jump up to about the 5. Because right now they're six and a half games back of the Timberwolves, and they're three games back of the four seed Kings. So like everything's so close, 
that really the only teams who have put themselves out of it is absolutely the Spurs. And unless the Grizzlies do what the Hawks did a couple years back or what Miami did a couple years back, the Grizzlies are not looking too good. But they could sneak into a uh, play-in, and that's a tough play-in, especially like if you're a one seed. Say the Timberwolves were to stay the one seed, them seeing the Grizzlies in the first round probably wouldn't be. That's not an ideal matchup. For sure. For sure. So my point I was going to make was, you know, do you eventually move this tournament to January? Does this tournament, or not even move it, but does this tournament make more sense in January where it's truly the middle of the season? You've got some standings out the way. Maybe you don't even need group play at that point. You could, I don't know, you could expand the tournament and make it whatever. You could make it almost league-wide. Who knows how you want to do it? You could do it March Madness style. That doesn't, I mean, who knows? Who knows? It's all about scheduling. And the true reason, again, why they wanted that weekend in December is again, there's nothing going on there. There's no fights. The NFL is at a weird downtime. Whereas January, obviously, you'd be going head to head with the NFL playoffs, unless you did it like a Tuesday, Thursday thing, right? Have the tournament end on a Thursday, then you don't even got to worry about the NFL postseason. Um, so it's really weird. It, I just, it's cool. It's great. And I cannot wait, especially like I said, we're getting LeBron and Durant, who we're going to talk about in a second here. We're getting that tomorrow. But it really feels like we're going to have this big buildup. And then this letdown for about a month and a half. Uh, again, mm-hmm. we'll have a Christmas Day games. But I, after that, it's like, are we really going to see that competitiveness so, stay? Or what's it going to be? Is it going to be more like last year? Or is we going to have a new vibe moving forward with the NBA? I'm skeptical. So I think it would be I think it'd be pretty cool if this tournament started on like the 27th and ended on uh, New Year's Day. I was just thinking about it because before I said like maybe having it on Christmas, but I do like having the Christmas Day games. Like you know, I like to know what that is first. So if you had to see if you had it start on like the twenty seventh, just for the people who play on Christmas Day, they don't have to play back to back. They can play the day after. So you everyone like Christmas Day, you have your games. The next day, everybody's off, and then you have your tournament. I think that that would be pretty cool. And then you have it maybe the 27th, the 29th, and then the 30th, and then the 29th and the 31st, and then New Year's Day. I don't care if it's back-to-back. I really don't. Like, you could figure it out. Thing is, they probably never do that because of bowl season, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I was just – I think that that would be perfect timing, though. Like, on New Year's Day, you you get, like – the new year starts, you're 30 games into the season, so people aren't going to take – people are still going to play hard. So until that point, they're playing hard. So then if there is a lull, it's really like two and a half, three weeks. It's not – because like right now, it, you're right. If it's until Christmas Day and people are okay and then afterwards it's until February, you're like, okay, that's like two months of basketball that doesn't really matter to people. But if you did it January like January 1st and then went into just February, you'd have like a month of people. Come. But then at that point, you still have to semi-matter about standings. Like they're, at, they're almost halfway through the season. So I, I would like it. Then. I guess, I mean, the one thing we can count on is right after the Christmas Day games, around that date, the 27th that you're talking about, John Morant will come back. Uh, people from injury will come back. Obviously, more people will be injured, but like CJ McCollum will be coming back. So maybe that'll give a shot in the arm to some teams. Certainly the Grizzlies. They're going to at least try to get into playing. So, you know, you'll have competitiveness there. Maybe we get some trades 
after Christmas. Who knows? Um, but sounds like what we have it at right now. So you got the Kings advancing, you get the Celtics advancing, and you got the Bucks advancing. I I have the Bucks. You have the Celtics. The Kings. I'm gonna I go with the Kings. And yes. Then, and then the Knicks. Favor the Knicks. So we're two. Favor the Knicks. If I a gun to my you favor the gun Knicks. to my head, Knicks. But I mean, just saying that I'm like it is Dame and and Giannis in a playoff situation. Giannis. But I just can they play defense? What's everything else look like? Um. So yeah, Knicks. Celtics and now let's move on to this uh Suns Lakers game. It's gonna be in LA. Uh Durant has looked better than good this year. Durant, Durant, man. Doesn't matter what team he's on, doesn't matter who he's playing with, he's just Kevin Durant all the time. He's just gonna put the ball in the hole. He's just gonna, I mean, he makes plays too. He's been rebounding well. Like he he's truly having one of his finest seasons right now, even that year, what, 15 for him? Uh, I would say this is his best season ever, or may best season since probably his MVP season. Um, his first year in Brooklyn was really good. He was thirty points, uh, seven rebounds, six assists. So like that was close or six, uh, yeah, seven and six. So that was there, but he was thirty-two, seven and five and a half because that was when Westbrook went down his MVP season, and that was a really good year. Obviously, I deep dive into that one. Um, but he's he's thirty one six and six right now. He's shooting forty nine percent from three, like a fifty forty ninety season. He could have back to back fifty forty nineties, but last year really doesn't fully, I guess, count. Depending, oh no, it does. Like you know, not really because he had forty seven games, so like they probably wouldn't fully count it because of the number of games. So he might be able to eclipse like his first true fifty forty ninety this season. Indeed. Indeed. And look, yeah. the Lakers have beat the Suns, I believe, twice. I believe they played twice this year. Oh, wait, no, he's done it one time. Sorry. I'm looking right now. He has done it one time, so he'd be able to eclipse his second one. He did it in 2012, 2013, 51, 41, 90. Mm. Sorry. Go on. No, I was just going to say, I believe the Lakers have beat the Suns twice, so you give them an advantage there. Uh, thing is, of course, with the Lakers, what Anthony Davis are you getting? Are you getting locked in Anthony Davis? Are you getting... Uh, I'm just a regular power forward. I don't even like playing center, Anthony Davis, who, I mean, look, he, he talked a lot about the Nuggets going into this, uh, going into opening night. Got his lunch handed to him by Jokic. Like, he didn't even bother to show up. A little bit of James Harden-esque. Uh, and then, what, a week yep. or two ago? I think it was last week. Embiid just overpowered him. Like, he just can't be bothered. Then Anthony Davis will say things like, we got Christian Wood who plays center, da-da-da, I don't have to play center as much. Like, I just don't understand it with him. This is someone who we thought could one day be the best player in the league. Obviously, he won't be that. Obviously, he can at least be a top 10 guy, but it just seems like you never really know night to night. And I thought he was going to take another leap this year. Not a leap, but be more locked in. Be more like the, uh, the Anthony Davis we saw in the playoffs last season. Uh, but it hasn't been mm-hmm. that. It's been, you know, whenever he wants to show up. I'm assuming, again, I'm assuming tomorrow night will be a night he chooses to show up. But will he actually? That's the question. Uh, so who do you have yeah. winning tomorrow night's game in the in the showdown? Showdown of the Hall of Famers. One thing I want to quickly say was, is just there was a stretch from 2016, 2017 to 2019, 2020, his first year with the Lakers, but especially like that year before where we were talking about him, it was like, 
who's going to be the best player in the year league? Is it going to be once LeBron goes? Is it going to be Giannis? Is it going to be AD? Those are the two. Because it was like, okay, these guys are both 6'10", 6'11", athletic, can be the best defender on the floor any given night, but also be the best offensive player on the floor any given night. And people would give the edge to Anthony Davis. Why? Because he had a jump, he had a mid-range jump shot, a little bit more handle, a little bit more like game to him. Obviously, Giannis is more dominant, but he has a little bit more game. And then obviously, we know now, Giannis is in a top three conversation for a player in the league. AD is trying to get in the top 10 like he probably is but like you could convince me he's not just because of the consistency of him um I'm leaning Suns I think I'm going Suns here obviously the Lakers have been playing pretty decent as of late so have the Suns I just think with Booker and Durant in this AAU setting as I said prior I just this just feels like a spot where like Booker and Durant almost have dual 40s like it just feels like, or maybe like dual thirty fives. It just just feels like they're like, okay, is it your turn, my turn? They get hot, and the way Durant's been playing, I would, I lean, I lean the uh, Suns. Real quick to your point about Anthony Davis, uh, I was thinking the other day. I remember in the championship game, like the the college championship game that they won when he was at Kentucky. I remember he wasn't having a good game scoring wise. And I remember they like reported coming out of halftime. They were like Anthony Davis said in the locker room, he t- or he said in the huddle, maybe I forget what it was, but he said in the huddle, you know, my shots not going tonight. Y'all play offense. I'll take care of everything else kind of thing. And I'm kind of thinking to myself, like, where's that player now? It seems like if his offense isn't there, he's just all the way out of games. You know what I mean? You don't see games where he's like, okay, maybe he's only got 12 points, but he's got 15 boards and two blocks, three blocks of steal, something like that. He doesn't impact the game when his offense isn't there. Mm -hmm. He had a stretch like that in the playoffs, though, where he did, like, where he was the best defender in the playoffs for, like, a a two-and-a-half, three-week stint where it was just, like, regardless of whatever the offense was, I'm getting it's about two steals three to four blocks it felt 10 rebounds and i'm disrupting about 11 more he was scary last year in the playoffs he was amazing he was and and it was like hey if you can do that defensively and just give us 23 24 that's all like you like he's not gonna be any longer he's not gonna be the bet the highest scorer and the best scorer on a championship team in my opinion like for some reason He's just not consistent enough. Like he has the talent to, but for some reason he's just not. And that's fine. He doesn't have to be. But what he needs to be is the best defender in the league because he easily can. Like it's not even like he easily just can. When he's locked in, he's the best defender in the league just because of how he is. Like we've seen it. Like last year, he was the Golden State would try to get to the basket and like Steph would just be like, and we know how Steph can finish around the basket, like high floaters like hey, you know what i'm just gonna, I'm gonna bring it back out just wouldn't shoot no one draymond wouldn't go up with it but i mean that's draymond clay <laughs> i don't think draymond like, would go up for a layup they, against me no honest no that's fair but Pumping like they me. just weren't getting to the basket like at all so they they only would get to the basket on breaks or when anthony davis was taking a break because they're like okay we can get to the paint now <laughs> Like it's crazy, which also what we're scared about with Wemby too when he gets to that point. Oh, he's already at that point. I mean, he's already. No, no, I mean like, like when he's a little bit more laterally quick, it's gonna be like when he can really guard a wing out on the three, or when he can just check a guard on the three point line. Like he gets blocks out there just because he's long. 
when he knows what he's doing officially and like gets that extra quickness, that that's elite. That's I, um, again, I think he's already there. Like on on a even on ball defensively, I think he's already shown like he yeah. like you're saying he he's gonna gain athleticism. But even now, just going off instincts, he's pretty he's pretty damn scary on the court. Uh, Kyle, I do have a question sure. for you. Random one, a little sidebar, but uh. If we were still doing our series, would Wemby go? Absolutely. Do you think we draft him? I think we're drafting him. Okay. I'm just making because I know like young rookies, like we didn't always. Yeah, we'd. I think we'd have to at that point. I think we'd have to. And if you were rating him right now, two K wise, what would you put his overall at? Random question. Then we can go back. Two K is actually pretty good with the ratings. I'd probably put Wemby at an eighty-five. 80, I was thinking 85, 86, possibly, just because obviously the offensive game isn't polished, but the defensive game, like it has, like it's already at a 95. Wemby. He can get to a 90, and he can get to a 99. Like he, he's he's at a 95 right now. Wemby is scary. Uh, yeah, back to AD, though. I mean, he, it's weird. Speaking of someone like Wemby, we'll get to see, and we probably have seen. I mean, my memory comes and goes here, but. I think they played the Lakers already. So we have seen Anthony Davis and Giannis guard Wemby. But my point here, those are two players, Giannis and Anthony Davis, who were like, if you were in a lab and you're like, build me someone to guard Kevin Durant, it's those two. And we don't nearly get that matchup enough. And I understand it in Durant's case because he usually does have a big, at least maybe that AD will have to keep honest. Uh and yeah. maybe even Giannis too, but I feel like those are two players literally made to guard Kevin Durant, and we just never see that. Uh, I just don't understand it. Um, but as far as this game goes, the Lakers have beat the Suns twice. Feels like the Suns won't go 0-3 against them. Even if this game is in L.A., you'd figure they'd get one of them here early, even though they got more games coming against them being divisional rivals. Um, yeah, This one's really hard for me because, you know, I would favor the Lakers in general, but I also feel like the Lakers are still kind of like the Bucks right now where they're finding things out. They don't really know their five yet. They're still trying to find that fifth guy to go with LeBron, Reeves, AD. Uh, who's the other guy they're playing right now? Who's their fourth in that rotation? D'Angelo. Yeah, they have been playing D'Angelo a bit. Because last year it was right. last year it was Rui. So, yeah, they, they're kind of trying to find four and five, I guess, right now. But, yeah, D'Angelo would be in that mix, too. So they're still kind of figuring things out, whereas the Suns at least know they're six or seven right now. So maybe I do favor yeah. the Suns there. I'm really actually having trouble trying to cap it, honestly. Uh, I think I'll go with you, though. I think I'm going to go with the Suns. Uh, so I think we're going to get Suns, so, Suns Kings. Kings, either one of those versus the Kings. I hope we get either one of those versus the Kings. You can't go wrong with Suns or Lakers yeah. versus Kings. I just hope the Kings win. And then, yeah, I believe we're getting Celtics-Knicks. So you can't go wrong with either one of those matchups. And then if the Knicks no, don't make it, all. again, we're all assuming here that the Celtics just do their thing and win tonight. If, you know, the Knicks don't make it yeah. and we get the Bucks, can't go wrong with either of those. So those are our final four, Celtics-Knicks for me, Kings-Suns for me. Keenan's got Kings-Suns, Celtics-Bucks. Uh, Keenan, give me three bold predictions for this tournament. Bold predictions for this tournament. If you have them. Um, I said, kind of said one, the little, I think that dual, dual 40s from Booker and Okay, that's, one, that's a good one. That's that. a good one. Okay, dual 40s from those two, because obviously 
I can't remember dual 40s since game five of the finals. Mm. It probably has happened, but like the last time I can remember the game five, 2016, by the way, if people who didn't know that offhand was Kyrie and LeBron going with 41, but I can't remember it since game five. Um, so that would be one, one prediction. It might may or might be bold. I think Dame has like a 36 footer for the win today. Like a true, like Paul George s kind of 36 winner for the win. And that's tomorrow actually, I think. And then, so he brings back the Paul George. Okay. 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 He brings back the, he brings back like the Paul George and it's going to be over RJ Barrett. Okay. All right. I got it over RJ Barrett and it's going to, it may not be exactly that like sidestep, but it's going to be something along the lines where Dame pulls up from about 35 and hits a three for the win. That's two and then three. Halliburton. Hmm, I don't want to, I don't think he can get that. I wanted to, but I don't think no, go he can ahead, get go it. Go ahead. Let's hear oh, it. I was gonna say he has a. I was gonna say he has a thirty and twenty game tonight. I mean, he's been oh. close to those. <laughs> he's been close. I think you know what? Him going Halliburton thirty and twenty against the Celtics team that can play defense. That's against Drew Holiday, Jalen Brown, Jason. That's. I'm going. Th- you know what? It's a bold prediction. I'm doing it. Go thirty and twenty for Halliburton. And so, for people who are viewing this, they will know if Halliburton already went for thirty and twenty. The other two, they actually get to see and get to listen and then see. But thirty and twenty for Albert. All right, I'm gonna say double OT in Suns Lakers. Ooh, that's one. Ooh. Game winner. Not necessarily. Or just pull. Or Not just necessarily, a, but we're getting or just a Suns we're getting double game. OT tomorrow. Um, okay. Hmm. We'll say there's a couple places I want to go. Part of me wants to say Giannis has a terrible game tomorrow, but I don't want to limit it to just quarterfinal predictions here. I want to, you know, I want to make one for for yeah. the actual tournament part or the actual knockout round yeah. part, I guess you could say, or uh, yeah. just secluded site. Um, hmm. Yeah, we'll go with that. We'll say Giannis is eight points tomorrow. Actually, no. We'll, we'll, I'll go a little. I'll go. I'll, I'll give me some wiggle room here. Giannis will have fifteen or less tomorrow. I was about to say he has a LeBron James game four. So Giannis, <laughs> we're going to go Giannis 15 or less. We're going to go double OT classic for the Suns and the Lakers. And then mm-hmm. keep it fun here. And I guess we will keep it quarterfinal. It doesn't have to be quarterfinal. This can be general. I feel like uh, Zion does not have a signature dunk yet. He's been in the league far too long, and we still don't have that one dunk from Zion. Like He would have been... He should have had like five or six or 20 by now, honestly. Like, John Moran yeah, has a he's collection. Got like a, he's got one that's really nice. I can't think of it. There you go. Like he has you just one said, I can't think of it. I, so it's not. I, like, <laughs> so, I, I, mean, I mean, he had a windmill. No, I know. He had I, a windmill earlier this year. That's like the coolest one I can think of. So I'm going to say. No, there was one like three years ago where he he got up for. Oh, yes. It was the one against the Kings. Value. He had. He, uh no, he had like a he had one against the Kings where he went and flew. That was the one that I was thinking of. Yeah, that that one right there. He had um I'm watching it right now. He basically 
sidestepped uh, right, went left, and then just rose up and punched on somebody. And it was really nice, but it wasn't like where you're like, did you see what Jaw did? And Zion should have four of those by now. He should have double digits at least. Jaw has plays like that weekly. We would have figured Zion does. So I'm going to say we get a generational Zion highlight. Uh, whether it's a dunk, whether it's a block, whether it's anything, Zion should have that by now. We finally get to see him because I don't believe he has a block where he touches the top. Of the <laughs> maybe, <glass>. maybe <laughs> so, maybe so. We're gonna get something from Zion. So that's my that's my third prediction. It feels like a Giannis thing to do. Like I think one of my bold predictions might be Giannis blocks the ball over the backboard, and I don't mean like he just blocks and it goes over. I mean like he reaches high enough to where the ball goes over the backboard. <laughs> That'd be it, pretty funny. Which would be which would be crazy. It'd be one of the greatest things I've ever. That's seen. literally some. That's something literally tailor made for for Wemby to do, given his height and his his free. It, it really it, it really is. I bet he. I bet he might. Like that might be something that he actually does. All right. So we talked in season tournament. Is there anything else you wanted to mention? On yeah, it? I have, I have I two have questions. I no. still have two okay. questions for you. Okay. I got, you go. Who who would be your sleeper? Who's someone who you think can just creep up and just win it? The Pacers would be because I think they can just put up points. The Pacers would be interesting. They seem obviously they're well coached as I was talking about prior, and they can just put up points. So they would be my sleeper team to win it all. Because especially if if they get by the Celtics, which I honestly think could be their toughest match out of every match, the Bucks, as we said, have been struggling defensively. The Knicks play good defense, but they don't put up points like that. So they could get to a point where they might be able to win a 106 to 100 game against the Knicks because they don't put up points. And any team like the Kings don't put up play defense really. The Suns don't really play defense. The Pelicans can, and then the Lakers like the Lakers might be the best defensive team out of that whole entire side. But they should be able to score on them. So the Pacers, if they get by tonight, the Pacers are definitely like a dark horse to win it. Tonight will be their biggest test, in my opinion. Obviously, the moment will be higher on Saturday or Thursday, depending where they play. My sleeper would be the Kings. Uh, really for the same reasons you illustrated for the Pacers. I think they're a potent offense, but they're seasoned, right? Like I said, they had that seven-game series with the Warriors, okay? Uh, They're young. They're hungry. They just got that chip on their shoulder this year. Like, they don't play the defense for it yet, but, man, they compete. They got some dogs over there. Uh, I love, like, their top eight. You can kind of rotate them out however you want. Uh, They got that new – I forget his name right now, but they got that new foreign guy from overseas – he plays well. He shoots it well. It reminds me of a little bit of Joe Ingles. Um, I really like their squad, and I wouldn't be shocked if they found their way to the Final Four, found their way to the Final, and just snuck in and won it. Uh, I think they're well coached. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think they have everything to win it but the defense. But, I mean, hey, this is the time in season where you might not necessarily need the defense all three quarters. Uh, I mean, you could say I'm making the same case for the Bucks here, given that they got – Giannis and Dame, but I do think the Kings are deeper than the Bucks. You know, Bucks have depth issues. Uh, so, and they're not, and also for in your in your sake, they're not playing as as seasoned as a team. Yeah, like the Knicks are a truly seasoned team. The Pelicans are a team that they they have the talent to be, but Zion, the core of them with Zion and Brandon Ingram hasn't played a meaningful game. Yeah, yet. and they've at so least had the, they've had their core. It's just been Zion injuries, and yeah. right now I think. 
don't know if Alvarado's back, but they've just had they've been banged up early this year anyway. Yeah. Um, so the Kings, to me, they're ripe to be a sleeper pick. Um, again, we each have them winning tonight. Um, who's your favorite? Favorite would be the Suns. Personally. Interesting. I think the Sun. I think the Suns and the Celtics are top co-favorites to me. I don't know. There's just something about this style of tournament where it's like, hey, score like this is a one and done situation. They just feel like the best AAU team on the block, and it really is like, okay, Kevin Durant, can you summon or Devin Booker, can you summon a performance here, and then you go summon a performance, like. Think about, like, if you're going into an AAU weekend, obviously you've coached, you've played. Like, this just feels like the team where you got to look like that team right there. Like, they can just score at any point. They can have the two best players on the court. And it's like, okay. Like, obviously in a series, it's obviously more difficult because you have more strategy, more uh, more time to game plan. You kind of work around home and away. Even though they're on the road, it's just like, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker could be the best players on every court they step on throughout the playoffs or throughout this in-season tournament. That's so, a good point. That's why I'm favorite and they're co-favorites with the Celtics. It's just because the Celtics are just such a great team. And then the Suns just have such a high potential, especially in a two, three game window. It's a very good point, Keenan. Um, I will say this. If I was coaching an AAU team or playing an AAU team, and I looked on the other end of the court, and I had to face LeBron, that would be the scariest AAU team, regardless if I got to face 38-year-old or 39-year-old LeBron in the AAU setting. Um, you know, but- I, and see, this is this is why I always he always scares me in the playoffs, because like he's still playing at this level, and you look on the other side, you're like, like the same way when Tom was in the Super Bowl against the, the Chiefs, you're like, God. That's Tom. <laughs> like it's like that's still Tom. He's forty one, and that's still it's still Tom. Thomas so Edward like, Patrick oh, Brady. Supposed, like it's just I'll s- junior. Don't <laughs> forget the junior. <laughs> I'll say this. Uh, I kind of agree with you. Uh, I'm almost. It's almost going to sound like I have three favorites here, but I don't. Okay, hold on. Had to get that burp out the way. Good old Cuban cuisine right there. But. Yeah, you're good. I kind of, I would kind of have the Lakers and Celtics as co-favorites, but here's the Mm -hmm. thing. Uh, Lakers are only a two-point favorite over Phoenix, and I'm going to wrap this up here. They both are not far from Vegas, so regardless of who makes it out of that game, whether it's LA or Phoenix, you kind of have to give them favorites because it's almost like a home court advantage for them in vegas this weekend they don't have to travel far at all it'll be like a half hour hour flight for them and the kings and the kings and And the kings not the same as kings are and the kings too but obviously they don't they're not as potent as the suns and the lakers right now um so they're so i mean same reason why i had a hard time picking just the lakers suns in general i think they're pretty even teams i don't think the lakers know who they are yet but it's still lebron and still ad like we talk about ad what does get him going? Apparently, the playoffs last year did at least get him going, like you said. So you still have to factor that in. And they don't have a true big to worry about. Like Nurkic is yeah. cool, but he's not like a Jokic, like an Embiid. Like he's not that level of big, and obviously he's not featured on that team. He's gonna get his touches because, of course, you need to get touches to him to keep him engaged. But like he, he can play his true four. If he wants me, to, like he can play his four and be okay. Let me tell you this. 
if all teams were healthy right now, this is going to sound like such a fucking cop-out because it really does. What I'm about to say really is going to sound like I'm giving you three favorites, but I promise I'm not. If all teams were fully <laughs> healthy, I would say the Celtics because I think they have the best roster top to bottom. Mm-hmm. I do. Um, yes, they do. And even without him, you're basically looking at the Celtics of last year with Drew Holiday, which is an upgrade. Uh, so I still, damn. All right. Yep. So if I had to pick one, I'll give my alternate answer after. But if I had to pick one, I guess still the Celtics because of the continuity, right? Um, but yep. whoever yep. comes out of that game tomorrow, whether it's the Celtics or, or sorry, the Suns or the Lakers, you do have to give them some sort of advantage for home court, even though there's rest days in between. But I feel like that should be valued for something, given how short of a flight that is for them, how short mm-hmm. of travel it is for them. Um, but even then, the Suns... And like, and you're naturally going to have, maybe not in the Suns' case as much, but especially in the Lakers' case, you're going to have a bunch of fans. Yeah. Not that it's gonna, not that you're not going to have fans of, say, the Celtics or whatever team But you're going to have more fans there. That you're playing, from... or the Kings even. Oh, no, yeah, like, Absolutely. You're just gonna naturally have more fans because one, it's a closer drive or a closer flight for people to travel from LA. It's the first season in season tournament, and obviously the Lakers brand is as big as any brand throughout all sports. So like, you're naturally gonna have fans of that team, and you have LeBron who is as big as a mogul in any of all sports. So like that alone, you're gonna get a lot of fans. So you can it almost feel like a Lakers home game. The Suns not as much. But obviously Durant's huge, Devin Booker's huge, close flight again. Yeah, whichever whichever team makes it out of those two is going to have the biggest fan bases there, I would think. Uh, and then maybe Sacramento, who yeah. knows. But yeah, you're going to have more Suns and Lakers fans, depending on who gets out. So uh, I would say Celtics and Lakers as co-favorites. Slight edge to the Seas. But, and then I would say you got to give that same advantage to the Suns if they in fact make it out. But... So I guess, I guess really, if you cap it, I guess you could say the Celtics would be my favorite, but I don't know. I think it's pretty even between that top three, honestly, but the Celtics probably have the most continuity. Um, I still don't trust them in a big game. This is obviously different from true playoffs, but that's exactly what we're about to find out is, you know, how do players react? How, like, what's it all going to look like? Will Jalen Brown play a little better than he did last year? We get to, we get to find out some of these playoff answers. I think the addition to Drew Holiday makes so, like, I think Derek White, Derek White feels like he's now a consistent, like, last year he, like, stepped into that position. He was consistent throughout the entire playoffs, but now he feels like an established consistency where they're like, okay, we count on Derek White. Last year, he felt like obviously they needed him, but it didn't feel like he was like a true part of their core. Like I think he's a true piece of the core. I mean, he was now. definitely a true. He was definitely a true part of their core sense. last year. Like he was a part of. I mean, he's he's the only like, thing that's I, happened I is that you know they removed it, they like, removed Marcus Smart from the situation and really showed showed him like, hey, yo, this is this is this is you now. This is you and Drew. Um, so I get what you're saying there. Yeah. So I guess that's what I guess that's what I'm saying. Like that's what like. But obviously he was a piece of like what they. He was the best player in the Heat series for them. Yeah. Front. But yeah. Back. He was oftentimes like, he was a soup, like he, he was really important. He was oftentimes their second or third best player throughout the year. I would say most most times out of the year he was probably yeah. the third best player last year. Uh, and yeah, him and yeah. him and Drew Holiday can just absolutely take guards out of the game. So. Yeah, just, you know what, just, yeah, no, it's got to be the Celtics. Just thinking about their schedule, you're going to have, 
the Bucks, who they've pretty much dominated this year, uh, and they're or they're going to have the Knicks, yep. who is a tough matchup for them. Don't get me wrong, but you'd still give the talent edge to the Celtics. So I'd say overall the Celtics, uh, but one B being probably the Lakers. But we'll see. That game's a toss up tomorrow to me. Uh, any other predictions? Yep. Uh, any anything else regarding the tournament? I have a lot. I don't have anything else really regarding the tournament. Honestly, I'm just really excited to see it. Unfold. I can't wait. I like I we're a half hour Suns away too. Lakers, that felt like the conference. That feels like a conference championship game, and that's the first round. Can't wait. And then so like that's what that feels like. And then I, I hope I really hope it's Bucks Celtics, and it's just for the fact that like. The Bucks need to get their get back, I guess, in the sense. Not like it's definitive, like this is the end-all, be-all, but like the last time we saw Boston and Milwaukee play, it was the close. The game was closer than you would expect in the end, but Boston dominated that entire game. It's just that Dame got hot late and made that game close, but it wasn't like you saw a clear separation between offense and then you just the greatness of one singular player and then Giannis playing well down the stretch too like your two of the 10 best players in the league managed to pull a game closer but there's a separate so the Suns are your favorite are they your champ yes what Sun Celtics before I predicted Sun Celtics prior to the year starting and I'm I think it's going to be Sun Celtics and they will the Suns will beat the Celtics in a thriller I think I had the same exact final, and I think I'm pretty positive I picked the Suns. You did, uh, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that was my final. You, you we, we had did. the same exact, we had the same exact one. We had the same exact. We'll we keep it the same. same. I got the Celtics definitely going through. I'm gonna say, damn, no, I already picked the Suns. Yeah. Damn. All right, yo, I'm gonna flip. I'm gonna flip. I'm gonna flip. <laughs> I'm flipping it. I'm flipping it. Even though I really like the Suns okay. and I want the Suns to win, I'm gonna pick the Lakers. We're gonna get Lakers Kings. We're gonna get Celtics Lakers in the final. And I, I'm gonna pick. That's a great team. I'm gonna pick against the Celtics and say the Lakers win that. You, I also said before, like I have the Suns, like I'm definitive on having the Suns, but this feels, and I think I said this while in our NBA prediction pod, this feels like something LeBron wants to win, like, and I mean, like, hit on his resume being like the first ever in season champion. And the MVP of the in-season chain. Like, that just feels like something LeBron, like, really wants. I don't know. I don't really know. I don't know LeBron, but just knowing how he is and how his narrative and how his legacy is looked at, he doesn't have many more pillars to get other than just adding championships. Like, adding another MVP doesn't really do much for him. Like, he gets to five and ties Mike, which is cool. But, like, again, you could have given it to him in many years. So, like, that's cool and, like, helps, I guess. But, like, I feel like LeBron's the type to be, like, well, in my in the GOAT argument, I was the first in-season championship as if Mike had a chance to be the in-season champion. I don't know. I just feel like that's how LeBron thinks, and I think this would be – he really would, like, LeBron. You ready for this? Double flip. Yeah. I'm flipping again. I just looked up Perzingis. They're hopeful. He's going to miss tonight, but they're hopeful he comes back this week. Uh, if that's the case, I'm picking the Celtics of Boston. The Celtics? So score okay. one for the home team, I guess. Uh, I guess still over the Lakers, too. I sound super confident right now in my picks, don't I? So now it's going to be Celtics over the Lakers with Perzingis. That's my picks. Yep. Um, 
Keenan, okay. I don't. I have a lot more NBA I do want to talk about. Hopefully, we'll get to talk about that with our boy Camden Dennis soon. I especially want to talk yeah. about the Warriors and maybe, their Wolves. Maybe next. Oh, I do too. But maybe next week at some point, because obviously the in-season tournament will be over so we'll want to discuss that regardless and maybe that can lead into possible. Some basketball possibly. it's possible i know brandon petty's coming yep. on soon and wants to have a discussion we got to get some fantasy drafts in soon as well continue that series that's all topics for another day um i will say this yeah. i am eager to talk about the best rivalry in the nba and that is chris paul versus scott foster because i did not realize it was that deep it birthed from something that we it, it, it is I, it birthed from something it, that we all thought was maybe a coincidence to something that turned out to be very real. And I genuinely wonder how the NBA will handle that. But that's gotta be a conversation for another day because uh I mean tr- that that's a thirty minute conversation if we wanted to. Be. It is because it'll do it'll bleed like, back into a- uh the vice principal commissioner of the league, and that is Adam Silver, who continues to just be a vice principal. But hey. He's done well with this tournament. I won't talk shit about him too much, but hey, he's also very much He's innovative and he's done well to help he's done well to help push the NBA forward, but in the disciplinary aspects of it. Yeah. It's like I was gonna say as you playing basketball, it's like that assistant coach that's great. Like you love him. Like he just comes in, he gives you all the He's just your favorite guy to hang out with. He's really nice. He's a player's guy, but the head coach that like lays down the law, he's just not. That. Yeah, I mean, discipline. And he kind of needs to be that discipline. He's not. He doesn't do well at. He doesn't force the players to, uh, you know, do their job, and that's play. I mean, that shouldn't. That should not be an issue. And uh, I mean, there's. There, I mean, look, there's numerous things. All Star Weekend, I believe Stern. He would have. He would have fixed that somehow. I mean, he's he's catered to the players in every way. That were supposed to make uh, load management not a thing. Like he got rid of. I mean, there's still back to backs, but there's not as many back to backs. There's not as many four games and five nights um you even get a a vacation after all-star break that whole entire week you get off he's done a lot to cater to players uh even as far as player movement and such and still it's just it's backfired on the product as a whole we still love the nba but there was a time genuinely this is going to sound crazy maybe not that it would have overtook the nfl but it definitely seemed like it could have been the 1b or it even seemed like a 1b at one point 2012 yeah lebron on the heat you're talking about yeah lebron lebron heat time that was like you could walk out of your house and find yourself in nba conversations with casuals like obviously you can find yourself in nba conversations with people who follow and watch the nba of course it's the nba but like with just the casual fan, you could find yourself in conversation. And that's how you could do it with the NFL. People don't really watch the NFL, but you could find yourself in a conversation because I watch 15 minutes of ESPN. Everybody like, watches Oh, the, the Chiefs NFL. aren't as good. Yeah, I was, was going to say, the Chiefs aren't as good this year, blah, blah, like whatever. Like just having a random conversation. And you could find that with like, oh, man, the Bulls are going to be better than the Heat this year. LeBron sucks. Like, the Heat really aren't that great. They go on their 26-game win streak. You're like, man, no one can touch the Heat. Are they the greatest team of all time? Like, not that actually these things, but people obviously fabricate and go – they over-exaggerate. But, like, you can just find yourself in those conversations. It's really hard to find yourself in, like, a conversation unless someone like Dame drops 70. And you're like, oh, well, that, did you see Dame had 70 last night? It's like, oh, wow. Yeah. I think what sucks, even though <laughs> the league is great and there's great players and there's fun players, and even right now. the it's as talented as yeah, ever. It's as talented Absolutely, as ever. right? And we're about six to seven weeks into the season, and 
what I would say about this league, though we love it, though, like you said, it's rich with talent. It's as deep as it's ever been. You talked about last podcast how you sound old reminiscing about, you know, 10 years ago in music. We'll always sound old talking about 10 years ago in sports, but this is one thing that's true about the NBA, and I, I find myself thinking this a lot. It's turned into the league that even like 20 years ago, you'd hear older people say, all the old heads say like, oh, the league isn't the same. It's soft. It's this or that. It really is that league now where they do ignore traveling. They've always ignored traveling in the NBA. It gets gradually worse every five years. It's truly as soft as what older people were saying 20 years ago, 10 years ago. However soft they called it, yep. it is that now. Uh, you see it with the technicals all the time with the refs. Refs like are as bad, and this is no joke. This is not even an exaggeration at all. They have the tolerance of high school refs, where high school refs never want the game to get out of hand, so they'll tee up kids quickly. That's what the NBA has been like for at least the last three years, at least. And it was trending that way 10 years ago. So between the refs, between the players not wanting to play, between, again, going to sound hella old here, but the traveling that occasionally gets ridiculous, but mm -hmm. it, it is really becoming the league that, you know, the people who who want to knock it and maybe hadn't watched since the eighties or nineties, uh, who, what they say the league is or was, it, it really is that now to some degree. To some degree, there is a lot of great with this league, but tough it is not. It is not a tough league. It is not a league that's necessarily easy to follow either. Which it might not have been always, and you know we've talked about that with the player movement and such. But yeah, it's it's. It's not a it's not a great product. I can't I can't give you that as an NBA fan. It's not, no. it doesn't stand in comparison to me to the NFL or even the UFC uh, as, as a product, just as a product. Um, mm -hmm. But and the players even, are great. I was gonna say, even sometimes players. the MLB is nice, but like I mean, not that it's up to the NBA, but the MLB can be. But also the MLB has things that they need. Yeah, to the MLB is a terrible but product. Soccer is really good. Soccer is a really good product. Um, just depends on like obviously has like their own core fan base. But I like the soccer product personally, unless it's changed a I mean, lot over the last you know, like, that's, four or five years. I they have different leagues. If it has. You know, there's a lot of different leagues, and that's fully international. So it's like. You know, you can be fans of several different leagues, whereas the NBA, it's just the NBA. And soccer culture, soccer culture is soccer of culture. Course. And I think I brought this up in an earlier podcast. The NBA is adopted. And it's kind of stunted for a little bit, but I'm sure it'll pick back up. But the NBA is adopted in international soccer as far as stars moving. Stars move all the time in international soccer. So mm -hmm. I think their culture, for the most part, has stayed the same, at least over the last 10 years. I couldn't speak to the last 20, 30 years. Um, but soccer, I mean, that's much international soccer, you know, especially European soccer, really. Yeah. Any internationally, it's that's, you compare that to the NFL, that level of fandom is much like the NFL where it's just yeah. ridiculous. Oh yeah. It, oh, ridiculous. They're, they're crazy. They like, they're, they really turn fans to fanatics. Absolutely. Like they go cr so, they're crazy. Uh, but, you know, soccer will never uh, die. The NFL will never die. Uh, and I don't think oh, the no. NBA will die no. either. It's just gone from something that's a 1B to a, a clear number two in the U.S. and just looks second rate compared to compared to the NFL. And the UFC has its flaws, but man, what a product it is. Uh, they continuously, year after year after year, just put out an amazing product. Uh, I won't say it's akin to the NFL because obviously they don't have the stars that the NFL does. And the NFL doesn't even really need stars, weirdly. But... 
Definitely a great product and definitely they, they don't. better run than the NBA in some ways. In some ways, the NBA is obviously better, but that's a different conversation. That's fair. And and a lot of – I liked a lot of what you said, of course, but like with the NBA, the thing that gets me, you're right. Obviously, the player movement, it's been – it's as soft as it's ever been. Like I understand you wanted a free flowing game, and you the I mean you could attest this kind of to the malice in the palace. Not that it's specifically that, but like that was another. I mean that was a big thing. I started to move towards, and it's just kept going and going too much. The game, I think it was perfect in about twenty ten. You you eliminated you eliminated some of the unnecessary uh, fouls. So things would be become flagrant. I'm fine with the, um, the Kawhi foul. I'm fine with that being a flagrant or I'm okay with it. Cause I understand you want shooters to land in their space. And it's really unfortunate if you go up, especially with how many people shoot threes. So I'm okay with that aspect of it, but there's just so much of it. Like if there's a poster I want them to stare down the other person. Like, could you imagine on Sean Campbell routes and Lister, his point? That's a technical today. Are I mean, I'll kidding? be honest with you. It pro- like, that probably should have been a technical then, but they just let it go for whatever reason. But there's other, there's other stuff that they definitely sh- me, like that one. That one's excessive. That one's excessive. To me, but that should like been. no one cares. No one like we all love it. Uh, actually, you know what? If anybody deserved a technical after a dunk, it was Shaq when he shoved Chris Dudley. After dunking on him, that is the most disrespectful dunk ever. <laughs> that, but see, that, and they didn't even tee him up then. Like it's it's just gone like, too like, far. If you want Scotty Pippen over Ewing, if you want to say that's, I, I don't even feel like that should be personally. But like kind of when he pushes him down and they get like to a pushing match. If you wanted to say like that aspect of it, cool. Kevin Johnson sitting on someone's shoulder after a after a punch and chilling on Hakeem's shoulders, like he just waited there for like three seconds. Didn't have to, but he did. Like this, like that's the stuff. Like, but I don't, I don't want to see Malik Monk ter- baptize somebody. Just look at him. Like, what do you think you're doing? Technical. It's terrible. Like, that's not cool. Like, that just also that just stops the flow of the game. And for people on the other team, it's always a good point. Like, you see it all the time. You in, you used to always see it all the time. It was like after a big dunk, people are celebrating. Go get a quick bucket. Like you can get a quick bucket off of that because people are still trying to celebrate. So you get advantages already, which is a basketball advantage. So really you're almost hurting. The, I mean, you're getting them two point or a point in the ball if you make the free throw, but you're almost hurting. You're hurting the flow of the game and then challenges. Challenges just take way too long. Like it shouldn't take. If I can see on three replays or two replays, like you give me this angle, you give me this angle, you give me this angle. I know what happened. That's it. And then I understand you have to figure out, okay, well, what was the time? Okay, shot clock situation. But all it should of that not should take, take as long. Like two minutes. Or maybe like the, or like the NFL does, have people in like New York. Well, they do. They like have people, they just they have have people New in Sakakis, New already. Jersey. It just still takes them forever to make any decisions. Um, I really don't want to do this because we spent the first, what we've been recording here for, where are we at? Over an hour. Spend probably at least 50 minutes of that praising and talking about what the league's done right. And the league, as we've mentioned time and time again, has more warts than ever. More warts than ever for sure. But are looking, and we'll find out very soon within the next 10 minutes, are looking like 
They might have corrected some of those words, might have healed some of those words. Maybe we'll find out. We'll find out in the next few weeks. Um, but I do have to agree with you on the challenge. The challenges are ridiculous, and I disagree with you on the uh, the Kawhi step foul. Just because now every challenge, every contested attempt, which is a part of basketball, is being you know looked at for a flagrant or every bump, every single bump. Good. That's your the flopping rule is also one of the Which worst one? things I've ever seen in my entire life. That the flopping rule, I just think like I I hate it. I just think that I understand why you're doing it because you're trying to get rid of flopping, so like everything's a technical, and you'd think it would do. I just hate like sometimes things aren't flops, and it is, so it's gonna be hard to differentiate between it. But I guess you'll get over it. After Here's my a while. thing with it. I don't mind. I, it. I don't. My like thing it. is I they tried to don't. institute that five six years ago. More than that, it was when Lance Stevenson was, you know, popular in the league, in the mainstream. Yeah. They were doing it then. 2014. Stopped. They, they, they just never follow through with the stuff that they try to enforce. They tried it with traveling, and they'll stop within a month or two. They just, they're never consistent. And the refs are softer than ever, which leads you to a soft product because not all these players are soft. Um, and again, I don't want to bash the NBA because they're doing a lot right right now. Uh, I was very skeptical of the in-season tournament, and I like it. And I might end up loving it yep, by the end same. of tonight. Who knows? Um, so just to wrap this up once again, because we got to do part two with the NFL here. Uh, who is your your champion is the Suns. My champion is the Celtics. Uh, can't wait to see. Can't Kevin wait to Durant. see. Can't wait to talk more about this. You know, we'll get to touch on, on this on Thursday after the first game. And I can't wait. I cannot wait to see what this all looks like. Uh, can't wait to see how the players how seriously they take it. They've taken the playing game seriously so far. The group play games, I should say. Um, yeah, that Kings Warriors game I did. was crazy. I, I did. don't know if you saw like the the end of that. That was that that really felt like that felt like Game Seven all over again. Obviously, it didn't have the same kind yeah. of uh, outcome to it, but like that felt like Game Seven all because like the Warriors got up huge, and then the Kings were like probably thinking to themselves, "We just need to pull this within 10. And we can get in and the warrior and like Steph, like there was a clip of Steph talking to them. Like we can't be turning the ball over. Like every time we got to get good shots because of the fact that we need to win this game. But like, there's a clip of him talking to his teammates. So you can clearly tell he wanted that. He wanted to win by 12. Then they brought it back. And then it just came down to like, they wanted to win the game clearly for the standings itself. And obviously that was a really interesting game. That was fun, but it felt that was playoff. For sure. For sure. But Hey, this was part one of the Warner Brothers podcast. You will be seeing this on your feed on what will be, what, December 5th? Tuesday, December 5th. So uh, you'll see yep. this first. Enjoy it. Uh, enjoy the games tonight or last night. Enjoy the games on Tuesday, too. Uh, we will be back to talk more of this NBA in-season tournament. Wish I had a cooler name and such this week. Can we compare it to the Rotaries? They even get medals like the Rotaries, too. So this is goddamn near the Rotaries or the Christmas tournament or something like that. NBA Christmas tournament slash AAU tournament. The the, the North Troy the North Troy. See, the, you know what? I wouldn't even be mad if it was at Christmas time and it was the NBA Christmas tournament. That would sound, sound much better That'd than the in season tournament. Because at least it's a Christmas like we know. Oh, it's around Christmas time and it's a specific Christmas tournament. Like it's the. I would I would rather that. That'd be cooler Listen, than sh- the in season. Check it, me and Keenan out on Live Take. Download the Live Take Live Take app. It's iOS only. Uh, follow us on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all that. We got to gear up for part two. We're out of here. See you soon. Peace.